G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out a proper view of heaven will lead to a proper way to lead our lives. If you're really thinking more about and seeking heaven, which is to say putting the Lord first in every area of your life, from the thoughts you think to the way you use your time, it will transform you. Don't waste this precious life that God has given to you. Make every year, every month, every week, every day, and even every hour count. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Again you hear all the angels are singing This is the day, the day when life begins Before a single spice is added, a good cook knows what the final dish will look and taste like before a runner leaves the blocks, he has the finish line in his mind's eye. Well, believers need to have a clear view of heaven to find the resolve and commitment to stay on the path that leads there. And today, on A New Beginning, in an unforgettable and highly personal message, Pastor Greg Laurie makes sure our understanding of eternity is rooted in Scripture. Glad you've joined us for today's study. I want to talk about heaven, one of my favorite subjects. Colossians chapter 3. Look there with you, would. We'll read more of it later, but right now let's just read verses 1 and 2 of Colossians 3. The Apostle Paul writes and he says, Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. We'll stop there. Now this phrase, set your minds, speaks of a diligent, active, single-minded investigation. Uh, This could be translated think or more thoroughly have this inner disposition. So here's a real simple way to translate what I just read. Think about heaven or even a simpler way, think heaven. I like that. Think heaven. The verb in this verse is in the present tense, which means keep thinking about and keep seeking heaven. So what is heaven like? Heaven is described as a paradise, a paradise. What did Jesus say to the thief on the cross? Remember he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Paul said the same thing. He died and he went to paradise. Now what does that mean? Well, this is an interesting word because it is actually a word that describes a walled garden like the king of Persia would have. Now, um, I don't even know what to compare this to. 
Uh, but, but you have to think of some palatial estate that maybe you've seen or maybe you've seen a film about, uh, like Downton Abbey, I don't know, but uh, some manicured, amazing garden that goes on forever with every kind of fruit and flower. That's the word that Paul uses. So it's the idea where he's saying, thinking of the best thing he can imagine, and he's saying, it was like paradise to me. Number two, heaven is described as a city. Hebrews 11.10 tells us the city has God as the architect and builder. I want you to think about cities you've been to. Uh, certain cities have unique qualities. The city of Jerusalem at sunset is such a beautiful place. Uh, when we see that golden hue on it, the city of so much biblical history or other cities I've had the privilege of visiting that are unique. And uh, heaven is unique and it is a city. And cities have things in them. You have, well, you have things to do. You have restaurants. You have stores. You have activities. You have entertainment. Is it possible we could have that in heaven? My answer is, why not? The Bible says heaven's a city. And I think whatever city I've been to, the best city imaginable, heaven's gonna be way better than that, not a diminished version of that. Heaven is described as a country. Hebrews eleven sixteen says, we desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he prepared a city for them. So think about this. Heaven is a country. Heaven is a city. Heaven is a garden. Heaven is a paradise. Number two, what will we do in heaven? Well, for starters, we will be worshiping. And by the way, that's why you exist, to bring glory to God. But we'll be busy too. Because the scripture says on many occasions, we'll be serving the Lord. And I want you to remember something. We don't stay in heaven forever. Because one day, heaven is gonna come to earth and it will fulfill the prayer the church has been praying for 2,000 years where we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So heaven and earth become one, you see. And Jesus is gonna come back and we're gonna return with him and there's gonna be the millennial reign of Christ and then there's gonna be the new Jerusalem coming out of heaven. So heaven and earth will become one and there'll be a new earth. And in the new earth we're gonna do things like we do on earth now, but without the limitations. So it's gonna be fantastic. Now let's talk a little bit about how this should affect us on earth, because I think if you're truly heavenly minded, it will be of the greatest earthly good. Go back to Colossians 3. Let's read a few more verses and then conclude. Verse five. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication and cleanness, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put these off, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Don't lie one to another. Since you put off your old man with his deeds and you put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge. I want you to notice that verse five begins with the word therefore. Whenever you read the word therefore, find out what it's there for. <laughs> Whenever Paul uses the word or anybody else, it's drawing on what has been previously said. So what's been previously said, I've been told that I'm to think heavenly thoughts. I'm to think about the afterlife. I'm 
to have my heart and my head in heaven. And therefore, if I'm heavenly minded, there are things that can bring me down. Three categories of sins that will keep us earthbound are grounded and miserable. What are those things? Number one, sexual sin keeps us earthbound. Sexual sin. Verse five, Paul mentions fornication. This is an interesting word. It comes from the Greek word pornea. Guess what word we get from that? Pornography, pornographic. But this is a word that has a lot of shades of meaning. It speaks of sexual immorality in general. It refers to any form of illicit sex. That's premarital sex, extramarital sex, homosexual sex. And the idea here is of a person who fills their mind with sexual imagery and talks about it constantly and ultimately acts on it. You know, you might pride yourself on the fact that you've not done a certain thing sexually, but if you're thinking about it and talking about it and fantasizing about it, Jesus said, it's almost as though you did it. To the chagrin of the Pharisees, Jesus said, you've heard that it's been said, don't commit adultery. I say to you, if you look on a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. So this keeps us earthbound. And I know people who spend all their time thinking and talking about sex. Everything to them is sexual. Every statement is sexual. Everything's a double entendre. You know people like that? And I'm amazed at the normalization of pornography in our culture. How you hear it joked about on sitcoms and, and people talk about it as though it's the most normal thing around. And I'm telling you, this can destroy people. I've seen it destroy marriages. I've seen it destroy lives because it leads to other things. Because you are developing a hunger for something that can never be righteously satisfied or in any appropriate or proper way. It's a bad way to go. And if this is something you struggle with, you need to stop doing it right now because it's going to have lasting repercussions in your life. Here's the thing you need to remember. You don't feed lust, you starve it. So sexual sin keeps us earthbound. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And today he's presenting a message called Let's Talk About Heaven. Let's continue. Number two, idolatry keeps us earthbound. Idolatry. What's idolatry? Well, an idol is anyone or anything that takes the place of God in your life. Here he says covetousness is idolatry. These are two words that he uses here for covetousness. It means to have and more. To have more. Not just to have, to have more. It's not wrong to have things. It's not wrong to have possessions. It's wrong when possessions possess you. But then there are people that whatever they have, they must have more. And more to the point, it's not just having more. It's someone that wants what somebody else has. You see? That's why Jesus said, don't covet your neighbor's wife or your neighbor's husband or your neighbor's animal or anything that belongs to your neighbor. It's not just the idea of having something and enjoying it. It's the idea of, yeah, I have this, but I want what he has. I want what she has. And that's the idea that's communicated here, covetousness, which is idolatry. Number three, anger, meanness, and slander 
keep us earthbound. Anger, meanness, and slander. Verse eight, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language. Anger speaks of a settled and habitual anger with a thought of revenge. Maybe your philosophy is, I don't get mad, I get even. <laughs> I hope not, not if you're a Christian. Wrath speaks of boiling agitation of the feeling, sudden violent anger. By the way, the word blasphemy here is not speaking of blaspheming God. It's speaking of speaking ill of others. It's the word gossip. Gossip. Have you ever noticed how the word gossip sort of hisses? Gossip. Kind of like a snake. Oh, we love gossip though, don't we? Have you heard the latest about so-and-so? No, what? <laughs> I mean, as a matter of prayer, of course, to pray about, but. I mean, there's websites dedicated to gossip. People that run around trading in the latest gossip. This should not be true of the child of God. It may be fun to spread stories that you hear that you don't even take the time to verify about another person. But then when someone does that about you, it's a whole different story, isn't it? So here's what you need to do. It's not just turning away from one thing, but it's turning to another. As one old minister put it, the expulsive power of a new affection. I like that phrase. The expulsive power of a new affection. So like you have a child and they have a toy and they won't let go of the toy and you want them to let go, what do you do? Bring along something better. And if they're really small, if it lights up, it really helps. I've noticed kids love anything that lights up. So they go, oh, and they drop whatever it is. They go, oh, and you know. The expulsive power of a new affection. If you're really thinking more about and seeking heaven, which is to say putting the Lord first in every area of your life, from the thoughts you think to the friends you choose to the way you use your time, it will transform you. Listen, you as a Christian are a child of God. You are a citizen of heaven. It's time you started living like one. Because life on earth, man, it comes and it goes so fast. It's like a vapor that appears and vanishes away. Don't waste this precious life that God has given to you. Make every year, every month, every week, every day, and even every hour count. May God give to each of us the expulsive power of a new affection. See, if I, my life is all about earth and it's all about this life and it's all about getting a bunch of stuff, man, I'm a, it's gonna be lose-lose because that won't satisfy me and I've not prepared myself for the next life. But if I'm thinking about heaven and seeking the things that are above and I'm a heavenly-minded person in the right sense of that phrase, I'll live a full life on earth because I can enjoy what God has given to me. I can be thankful for it, but I recognize there's more to come in this life on earth is not all there is. Now, closing thought. Who gets to go to heaven? We think, well, all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> I saw that in a cartoon once. Um, most people would say good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell, right? That is incorrect. Forgiven people go to heaven. Because there are good people that will go to hell. And there are bad people in the sense that will go to heaven. They say, you lost me. You're saying if you're bad, you go to heaven. If you're good, you go to hell. If you are good in a human sense, 
And you're so good in your own estimation. You don't think you need God. And you reject his offer of salvation through Jesus Christ. Yes, you will chart your own course to hell. And if you're a bad person who has committed horrible sins and even crimes in that you come to your senses and repent of your sin and believe in Jesus, you will go to heaven. It's been said there's three surprises in heaven. A lot of the people we thought would be there won't be there. A lot of the people we never thought would be there will be there. And thirdly, we'll be there. (laughs) I think there will be surprises in heaven. Heaven is not the default destination of every person. It is the default destination, if you will, of the man or woman who has put their faith in Jesus Christ. So you don't go to heaven to find Christ. You go to Christ to find heaven. If you want to know you'll go to heaven when you die, you must admit you're a sinner and you must ask God to forgive you of your sin and then you must believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord and put your faith in Him and Him alone. And when you do that, the Bible promises you will have everlasting life. Jesus said, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son and whosoever believes in Him should not perish, listen, but have everlasting life. We have everlasting life because of Jesus. Isn't that great? Amen. You have it. You say, Greg, I don't deserve it. I know, and you never did, and you never will, so just get past that. This is not about deserving. This is all about what Jesus did for you because he loved you so much. Well, I don't deserve that. No, you don't. But man, take it because he's offering it to you. So I want to close with an invitation for you to believe in Jesus. An opportunity for you to be forgiven of your sin. If you need his forgiveness, if you're not sure that you'll go to heaven when you die, if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life, respond to this invitation that I'm going to extend right now as we close in prayer. Okay? Let's all bow our heads and everyone praying. Father, we thank you for loving us so much that you sent Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for coming and dying and rising again. Now we pray for these that are here that do not yet know you. Help them to see their need for you. Help them to come to you and believe in you. We pray in your name. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer. And if you've come to realize that you need to make a change in your relationship with God, today is a great day to do that. And Pastor Greg would love to help you. But a good question. Can someone really enter into a relationship with God right now? I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for his forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. And I'm sorry for my sin. And I turn from it now. And I choose to follow you from this moment forward as Savior and Lord 
as God and friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And congratulations. If you've just prayed those words with Pastor Greg and you meant them sincerely, know that the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. We'd love to send you some resource materials to help you in your new journey. Ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. The team would also love to pray with you. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. Well, next time, as Pastor Greg's Essentials series continues, we'll consider the importance of prayer in the life of the believer and how to make sure our prayers are more effective. Be sure to listen in again next time on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Let's Talk About Heaven. Now, if you'd like to listen again, download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on one 800 or visionstore.org.au Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au